your ticket to the world of progressive rugby league. To the movers, the shakers, the soothsaying heartbreakers, to the humble, the vain, the certifiably insane, we say, welcome. Progressive Rugby League. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. John Duncan here, lurking with intent. And joining me in our heroic attempt to throw our arms around the world of Progressive Rugby League is Big Al Adim. Wow, what an intro, Jono. Thank you so much, as always. It is a pleasure, a privilege, and an honour to be here in your fine company. And uh, look, ladies and gentlemen, thanks very much for your feedback last week. It was our record-breaking episode, which I'm, I'm happy to say. So thanks very much to Nicholas Mew from the Toronto area, Ontario, who gave us a bit of a heads up on all things Toronto Wolfpack. So great feedback on that. So we'll get to the mailbag later. But why don't we get started with our reflection? Let's do it. So there comes a time in everyone's life, Jono, mm-hmm. where you really get to take a, a good hard look at yourself. Yeah. And, and you wonder, really, what's it all for? Mm. So for a fellow like me... I'd class myself as an obsessive, but I'm only obsessed with one thing, <laughs> rugby league. <laughs> Damn all others, yep. rugby league is the one thing. Mm-hmm. And so during the season, uh, I'm all set up to, it's like being at, at like an all-you-can-eat buffet, mm. where I'm, I can just gorge myself on as much rugby league as I possibly can, knowing that in the off-season, the buffet's gone. Yes. So I fatten myself up during the season for the lean months of the summer, mm. where I can, where I I'm fully expect there to be very light rugby league content for me to consume and that's fine I feel that time with other things you know knitting yes loom whatever <laughs> ice what, skating what ice skating dreaming up false expansion teams things like that it sounds healthy to me yeah exactly it's fine yeah. but this week provided me with a, a, a unexpected lack of rugby league content because it's the state of origin period in the NRL mm. as we all know and that means that for the first week, uh, there's you know there's, there's a, every, like half the teams have a buy, more than half the teams have a buy. There's only four games mm. uh, in preparation for State of Origin, which is fine. Normally in those times, I can always look to the north mm. and find my delicious, sweet rugby league content elsewhere in the northern yeah. hemisphere. You've got the Super League, you've got the Championship, all sorts of I've things. Got going. it all. Yeah. However, I don't and I don't know if this has happened. This is the first year this has happened, but the, the Origin period has coincided with a challenge. Ex- Precisely with the Challenge Cup round in the Super League, mm. and because we're so far into the Challenge Cup, mm. there was not many games going on. Only which meant, four, yeah. which meant a f- with a fellow, a fellow like me, who has a lot of time to fill, <laughs> and is expecting to be able to fill that with sweet, juicy rugby league <laughs> in these winter months. Yeah, if, if, I, I was really left with a lot of time on my hands. What'd you do? I don't. I don't really know. It's a bit of a blur. But I had a lot of a lot of introspection. Yeah, and I, I don't think I came up with. I don't. I don't. I don't just between you and me, I don't know if I know. I liked what I saw. <laughs> That's the worry when you have a lot of time in your hands. You have a lot of time to think, a lot of time to reflect on yourself, your life choices, and the person you've become. And mm-hmm. sometimes. We don't like what we find. Mm, exactly. Which is probably why I drown out those horrible noises with rugby league. <laughs> so please bring it back. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we've got a pretty full round of NRL and Super League this weekend. so And Championship, of course. So fingers crossed you'll be okay next week. Good reflection. Hey, speaking of Origin, I was thinking we could have a quick go at Origin Bingo. Sure. Origin Bingo. You know, like same sorts of things that get said every every year basically and there's a few that, that came to mind I don't know if you've got any but the few that came to mind that I'm going to be playing on Wednesday night I'm going to have like a piece of paper in front of me a big thick red texter and I'm going to be circling things mm-hmm. and crossing things out and yelling bingo 
for these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Using the word origin as a kind of adverb, so origin tough, you know, mm-hmm. origin play, yep. origin moment, yep. origin player. There's plenty of origin moments in origin. Mm-hmm. That's right. Another one would be six minutes before half time. Peter Sterling telling us how important the five minutes before half time is. Mm-hmm. That's always yep. a good one. Yep. Yep. Uh, Phil Gould drooling about how Queensland always score last. Have you mm-hmm. noticed that? That's going to be my bingo page. After the game, for the losers, people calling for mass changes. You know, that's, yep. that's on the bingo page. After the game, for the losers, people calling to stick with the current team. You've got to show loyalty. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Twitter experts missing half the game trying to come up with a stinging tweet. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always happening too. And look, present company not excluded. So they're the little things that I'll be looking at for my Origin bingo card. Do you have any? Well, I always know that I've done Origin Night right when I'm at a place, a public place, usually like a pub or a bar that's got on the big screen, and I get sat down by someone who tells me about the story of the first Origin. And it all started when Arthur Beetson laid one right on Mick Cronin's jaw (laughs) or that very first hit-up, Arthur Beetson, coat hanger, Mick Cronin, all that sort of thing. Things which never actually happened. So I'm looking forward to that. There was a a brawl. There was a brawl. There was a... It didn't involve Mick Yes, towards the end, there was was an altercation. Then you've also got the Mark Guy, Wally Lewis, Stoush. That Mm. always gets around. Oh, yeah, of course. That's one of my bingo cards. So, look, plenty to look forward to. Mm. If you're listening to this Arthur Origin, sorry about the preceding three minutes. (laughs) Now, my reflection, it's about filler. Now, you could argue, Big Al, that modern life is full of filler. The stuff in between major events, the stuff just making up the numbers, noise for the sake of noise while we're waiting for something to happen. Pretty depressing, maybe. Well, not necessarily. Not all filler is useless. I'd argue a fair chunk of it is quite useful, vital even, in the formation of, you know, relationships and, why not, society. And I'm not just making this argument because this podcast might fall firmly within the filler realm either. Now, think about those inane conversations you have with workmates. What are you doing for the weekend? You busy at the moment? What's that you got for lunch? Oh, yes, yeah, sandwich. What about the, um, just interrupt, I really like the uh, three days to go, hey? <laughs> yeah, the Wednesday. Hump day. <laughs> Pretty dull stuff, you would say. Filler, you could argue. But this stuff helps build a connection, mutual respect, a relationship of sorts. And isn't society just the sum of the millions and millions of different types of relationships we all experience. Now, in Australia, rugby league is full of filler. Some of it frustrating, baseless rumours, carping about perceived injustices, focus on players' private lives. But a lot of filler helps to build our relationship with the game. This is what our club, our game stands for. The stories of the players' upbringings, their work within the community, their opinions on certain issues. It weaves a narrative of the game into our lives that we understand and connect with. A sport that generates filler is a healthy sport. Mm. Now, rugby league in the UK, on the other hand, seems desperately to lack filler. There was a really interesting article during the week from John Davidson, Aussie rugby league journalist plying his trade in the UK, bemoaning the superficial coverage of the major events affecting the UK game. And he's right. Rugby league in the UK is in a tough spot. Mainstream media is only really paying lip service to it. And rugby league isn't being allocated the resources it once was. Other sports, mainly football, soccer, are hogging the lion's share of the filler pie. Yes, I'm going back to pie. And rugby league is fighting for the crumbs. And it's a problem that has no real solution, unfortunately. In Australia, rugby league benefits at the expense of other sports from having a big slice of that filler pie. In the UK, rugby league suffers from minimal filler. As I said, a sport that generates filler is a healthy sport. There's my reflection. Filler. Insightful as always. Okay, reflection's done. Mailbag time. And back by popular demand, this. 
questions. People have thoughts. They write into us. We try to answer them. PRL Mailbag. It's the PRL Mailbag. Mailbag time. We had a great response to our interview last week with Nicholas Mew, who gave us a virtual tour of Lamport Stadium and all things Toronto Wolfpack. Wasn't he just one of the most cheerful people you've ever heard? So hospitable. Yeah. One of the real nice guys of rugby league, mm. and he's only new to rugby he's, league. He's new to the rugby league family. <laughs> well, that's exactly yeah. right. Now, Sandy Shipley, a Canadian living in the UK, she got in touch and said, Great pot as always. Having been to all Wolfpack games this season, it's very exciting to see the continuous improvements made by our new coach, Brian McDermott. Fingers crossed for Super League next season. Yes, thank you, Sandy. And Sandy also had an interesting idea, I'd like to know your thoughts on this, Big, of combining Magic Weekend and Summer Bash into one enormous rugby league celebration over a northern long weekend. I don't mind that idea. It's something I'll continue to ruminate on. I love it. <laughs> you that love it. sounds amazing. I do... For someone like me, there's never... Mm. there's never Too much is never enough. Sure. But there's not that many people like me I'm starting mm. to I'm starting to realise and perhaps that might be too much of a good thing okay. for the for the masses mm. um, so that's, that's, that would be the only, only, only concern but yeah. still the initiative and you know, why not like how, how good how good, <laughs> how good. How good Australia <laughs> look like I said it's something I'll continue to ruminate on Carsten our Iron Curtain Cowboy also praised Nicholas for his contribution last week absolutely now Declan Foy our mate from Ireland and former Rugby League Irish International got in touch Fantastic interview with Nicholas. A great perspective on the game. Heartwarming to hear rugby league compared on a level footing with other major sports in Canada. This kind of rugby league reach was once a pipe dream. What next? It's a good point. It's, mm. it's, it's the miracle. I call it a miracle. The miracle of the Toronto Wolfpack. Can you believe <laughs> real life Canadians are getting into rugby league? Yeah, I still can't believe it. It's quite amazing. And it, it all goes back to, I think we pointed out before, that rugby league, sometimes it suffers from people loving it too much. Mm. Loving it so much, they don't think anyone else knows how to do it. And they're, they're worried people are going to take away, so they don't let it go. And yeah. you know, if you love something, set it free and that mm. sort of thing. But sometimes it also benefits from people loving it that much. They yep. love it so much, they want to show it to as many people as they can mm-hmm. and in the right way. And that's what we've got here with the Wolfpack. Fantastic stuff. Now, elsewhere, Gabby from Sydney gave us a nudge. She said, Gents, may I suggest you give a shout out to NITV for showing rugby league from Western Australia every sun- Sunday and also the always excellent Over the Black Dot on Tuesday nights. Yes, that's a great show, Over the Black Dot. I think it's in its third season, mm-hmm. hosted by this year a guy called Jordan Perry, and they've got people like George Rose, Taman Tahu, Bo Dela Cruz, and they give it the indigenous perspective of men's and women's rugby league in Australia. So, yes, good point, Gavin. Now, Elsewhere, Big Al, did you know it's June already? Have you noticed? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> this means we'll be in the south of France next month. Oh my goodness gracious me, time is a flying. And I let the world know that I'm desperately trying to brush up on some French to impress our friends at Toulouse Olympique when mm-hmm. we get there we in late July. Now, our friend Laurent Garnier, he responded, Repeat after me. J'adore le rugby à Triez et le Toulouse Olympique. Oh la bouvette. Oh dear. T-ray. Oh dear. <laughs> Which, Are we both having a crack at that? No, oh I won't do it to you. But J'adore le rugby au prés. Oh, that's better. <laughs> wow. I'm so sorry. I totally mangled that, Laurent. As you can see, I've got a lot to learn. Now, I put that into Google Translate. Unfortunately, I'm not at the level where I understood what that meant. But it means, I love Rugby 13, Rugby League, and Toulouse Olympique. 
Where is the refreshment room? <laughs> <laughs> refreshment room. Which I think is probably... That, is that a room where they serve refreshments? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to think something like a bar. Something right. like that. You sure it's done a mistranslation of restroom? <laughs> oh, right. Where's like the toilet? bathroom? I yeah. would need to know where that is. That's a good point. Well, no, you won't because you won't need to go there to watch the games when you're in Toulouse. Oh, that's You'll right. You'll be at the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be wondering like where my toilet is. I'll be like looking around. You'll need to calm me down. Uh, elsewhere, James Smith from Sydney, editor of Inside Sport magazine. He gave us a shout. Now, quickly, did you know, Big Al, I actually have a history with Inside Sport. At my first ever job, this is like 15 years ago, I used to get it for free. I worked. Whoa, hello, <laughs> perks. This is 15 years ago, so it was a big deal. Uh, I worked at an advertising agency. Awful job, really. But I loved getting that mag. It was always good rugby league content. <laughs> then I stopped working there, and I kept buying it for a while, but eventually stopped. Then, in the ensuing time, I assumed, like most sporting mags, it just ceased to exist. Mm-hmm. But then, I don't know, six or nine months ago, through Rugby League Twitter, I realized not only does it still exist, it's still good. It's still bloody good. But I digress. James said, totally agree on the Parra vs. Penrith derby having no feel last week. I rated that derby as the lamest in the NRL. (laughs) (laughs) James says, I, as a Panthers supporter, really don't mind Parra beating us. Maybe it's a Westies United thing, just like Queenslanders have among their supporters. Yeah, and on the subject of derbies, the great Ian East from Leeds, or Ian from East Leeds, has not only come to the party on the state of UK derbies, he's brought the hors d'oeuvres, he's brought along a case of beer, some fine cheeses, a couple of bottles of wine, and lined up a cracking soundtrack. Oh, here we go. Behold. Now then, lads, you asked about derbies. First up, I assume you know that there is only one true derby, or at least that's what folk from Hull will say. Uh-huh. Hull and Rovers, Hull and Rovers, claim it as they are the only two clubs from the same city who have been playing each other regularly. To be fair, their rivalry is brilliantly intense and has led to some cracking contests, the most famous of which was the 1980 Challenge Cup final at Wembley when a top lad left a sign on the main road out of the city now called Clive Sullivan Way, mm-hmm. reading, last one out, turn off the lights. Yes, that was when the whole of Hull seemingly travelled to Wembley for that Challenge Cup final. It shouldn't be surprised, though, that the fierce local derbies are at the heart of rugby league here. They exist at every level and generally have been played on feast days like Boxing Day in the old days and now primarily Good Friday. Two crackers from lower down in the leagues would be Whitehaven versus Workington on the Cumbrian coast, where they throw the ultimate insult by calling each other jam eaters. <laughs> so that each one, they each call each other jam eaters? <laughs> you're a jam eater. No, you're a jam eater. <laughs> I wonder what, I'd love to know the history of the jam eater insult. So. That's right. And Batley versus Dewsbury here in West Yorkshire. Ah. Brilliantly named the heavy woolen derby for the dominant trade where rugby league was established in the late 19th century. As for my club, Leeds, well, there was a time when we were one of the three professional clubs from the city playing at the same level. Nowadays, Hunslet from the south of the River Eyre play in the third tier, and Bramley, from the west of the air, play at the community level. I've often thought Hunslet had the potential these days to be the hipster's choice in the city, like Newtown. Mm. Mm. Interesting. We're listening. But just outside the city boundary, there are hosts of other clubs who love nipping down the road in the hope of knocking over the rich kids from UK's third biggest city. To be fair, I'd hate us too. Not least because, although our history since 1895 has mostly been one of embarrassing underachievement, we have long had the tendency to throw cash at the best players from smaller West Yorkshire clubs. These might include York, Batley, Dewsbury, Featherstone, Uddersfield, but most especially we are hated by Castleford and Wakey, 
and they see our games with them as derbies, even though their own confrontations are actually close to derbies. There is a similar thing for Wigan with all the other Lancashire clubs. For the overwhelming majority of Leeds fans, there is only one true derby rival, Bradford. Also from a big city with its centre just nine miles from Leeds city centre, the Bulls were the dominant club of the early 2000s, as Leeds also started to pick up under Tony Smith. Derbies between the two set still standing attendance records for each, and in 2004, Leeds finally won the Super League Grand Final by beating the odds all lot. The following year, Bradford tempted former loiner Yeston Harris into reneging on a return deal with Leeds to go there instead, and then signed another former loiner, Adrian Morley, on a short-term deal in their playoffs. They beat us in the 2005 final. These are real derbies for us, and we miss them, so the recent Challenge Cup defeat hurt much more than any loss to Castleford especially as our former wonder kid Jordan Lilly marshalled the balls around the park and we're desperate for them to be in our league again so we can play the Maundy Thursday derby. So much so that we've had enough of waiting for their promotion. If all goes to plan, we'll be playing each other in our cha- <laughs> <laughs> We'll be playing each other in the championship next year. Well said, Ian. I feel like, you know, like when your dad tells a ten, like a joke that sets is, has 10 minutes to set up for a really bad punchline. <laughs> I feel like that's what Ian just did there, except the punchline was quite good. It was I, a very I, good punchline. It was very good. Thoroughly researched, although he probably just, Ian probably just has that on the, on the top of his mind anyway. Just rolls off the tongue for him. But well written, thoroughly informative, and pretty funny at the end. Oh, you are a you true legend of Progressive Rugby League, Ian East from Leeds, or Ian from East Leeds. And you also mentioned, I forgot to mention this, if there is one true derby, though, it has to be Wigan and Saints. Why? Well, the word derby to describe a local rivalry originated from matches between the two clubs at either side of the country estate of the Earl of Derby. <laughs> there you go. Those earls. Derbies, sandwiches. And rugby league. Inventing it all. And rugby league right at the centre. So thank you, Ian. You have done it again. I have one, one follow-up comment. Mm. Or maybe two. What's a loiner? A loiner, I think, is like a Leeds person, a person <laughs> oh, from Leeds. All these wonderful nicknames and insults coming out from, from the, the, the culture of the North, yeah. I feel like Loiners a, and jam eaters. Yeah, I feel like a jam sandwich, just quietly. <laughs> is it just me? It, I think it's just you. On the subject of local derbies, we did not mention that we did see what was a lame local derby, but could have, but should be a really great local derby. Actually, maybe it doesn't qualify in the, Cow- the Cowboys and the Titans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, probably doesn't, I mean, because Brisbane's wedged in the middle. Yeah. It probably doesn't technically qualify. Yeah. But in the vibe of a derby. Yeah. Considering it's all Queensland, there's only three teams. Yeah, I think enough. it should qualify. As a lame derby. Well, I mean, that if you watch that game, you really realise <laughs> it was a lame derby. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've, I've never really felt much feeling between those two teams but I might be wrong in no, Queensland I don't, I don't think anybody touch. has many feelings about the Gold Coast to like you know <laughs> really with all due respect of course yes we of love course. the Titans now I think it's time for Slug the Gal and Me we like what we see when it comes to French Canadian rugby that's <laughs> <laughs> the Gal and Me we like what we see when it comes to French Canadian rugby 13 Oh, yes, that is beautiful. <laughs> For the listeners at home, I want everyone to know I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> I've been set up once again by Jono. I just wanted the world to hear Big Al's beautiful well, tones because thank you I, when much. I listen back to the show, I often think that my falsetto drowns out your beautiful harmonizer. <laughs> You're a beautiful harmonizer and you always have been. That's actually one of my, that's what I, I strive to be a harmonizer, not yeah. just in, in melody, but in personal relationships. <laughs> and I want, people, I want the world to know. Oh. And I think, you know. 
few people know now. Well, you know what? If there's one way to get your message out there, it's to put it on a podcast listened to about about 14 people. <laughs> 114 people. Thank you very much. Now, over to you. What do you got for us? Well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we had a real uh, you know, lull in international action because of the breaks in the championship and the Super League mm. for uh, the Challenge Cup round. So we had a, we had a baby... Yeah, we, we had, we had some baby. skin in the game. We had a baby in the Challenge Cup mm. in the Catalan Dragons. Defending champions, of course. Defending champions of the Challenge Cup, exactly. So they were thoroughly bundled out of the Challenge Cup by Hull. Hull mm. FC going down 51-8. to eight. Oh. So not really much to report from this one. Uh, it was 14-8 at one point, mm. and then it ended 51-8 after yeah. that. So uh, I'm going to say... It's fine. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> Everything is fine. Yeah. Because as we identified last week, the Dragons are in a good chance to actually win the Super League this time. So that's what they're focused on. Oh, focus so they, on the league. I think they've decided to... They have a limited pie of resource and energy. That's right. So they've decided to focus all that limited resource on the Super League. Whereas last year, when it was clear they weren't going to win the Super League, they put all that all that resource pie into the Challenge Cup. The Challenge Cup pie. So whilst... And winning secondary anyway, right? So mm-hmm. they, had a, they had a good crack at it. Good on you. We move on. And look, there are positives because, you know, in the NRL, if you get 50 put on you, there's some time for soul searching in the weeks afterwards. Uh, Because there's like this theory, it's been debunked, but if you get 50 put on you, you can't win the premiership. But in the UK, you haven't lived until you've had 50 put on you. It's like, you know. (laughs) It's like a coming of age. Yeah, exactly. It's like 50. Yeah, all right. Sweet. Let's get back to it next week. So, look, it's not the end of the world. And look, they remain reigning champions until August. That's Am I right. right? Well, Stephen Radcliffe from Wigan, he corrected me when I said that on Twitter. He said, in the UK, the champs are considered the winners of Super League, while winners of the Challenge Cup are considered cup holders. So, okay, they're still reigning cup holders cup until holders. August. Yeah. Are we happy with that? That's fine, because they'll, they'll move, they'll transition from cup holders to champs. Yeah, so, exactly right. Yeah. Oh, and what about Halifax beating Bradford? In the all-championship quarterfinal of the Challenge Cup, that was something to behold. A real topsy-turvy affair. And Halifax bringing the Halifaction once again. So they are the first championship team to make the Challenge Cup semifinals since 2006. So kudos to them. Unlucky Bradford. Uh, They were on their way. They had a, a great narrative going, beating Leeds on the Beeb. Then they had Halifax in the quarters. They really maybe should have beaten them. And then they would have had... Maybe St. Helens in the semi, so it would have been a, a big narrative to die for, but wasn't to be. Well done, Halifax. But, Elsewhere in international rugby well, league. Well, I mean, it's, it's been pretty quiet. I do have some news from Germany. Oh, so, <laughs> bring it on. Uh, Simon Cooper, the man responsible for the establishment of rugby league in Germany, all the way back in 2004, mm. has stepped down from the board, I've been told, for health reasons. So oh. not sure what they are, but uh, we. I just want to take the time to thank Simon for yep. his hard work and wish him all the best. Thank you for your service, Simon. And look... To Simon. To Simon. Yeah, we're holding up our cups and we are about to chink. This is one's for you, Simon. Lovely. Well, last week we spoke about the the big issue in International Rugby League at the moment, and that is the YouTube highlights soundtrack issue for Toulouse Olympic. Mm. Now, look, we love Audio Jungle. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> but I think we can do better, and I suggested last week that the Dirty Threes, Warren Ellis... Uh, put something together as he lives in the south of France and is a soundtrack expert. Now, I did make a slip of the tongue, though, calling him the lead singer of the Dirty Three. Now, yes, of course, after being a fan for 10 years, I have noticed that they do not, in fact, have a lead singer, or any singer, for that matter. He would, I suppose, be considered the lead howler. 
for anyone who's seen them live. <laughs> wow, what a band. Anyway, if anyone listening knows Warren Ellis of the Dirty Three, put this idea to him and tell him Progressive Rugby League sent you. Now, in the Women's Super League, now you might remember last week, York versus Leeds played in the Challenge Cup, mm-hmm. with Leeds winning 70 to nil. Now, this week, as luck would have it, they played again in the Women's Super League. And look, this time around, it was a 50 nil victory for Leeds over York. Now, that is, if we use last week as a base, 70 nil, then this is effectively a 20 nil victory for York over Leeds. So, congratulations. <laughs> I like it. Well done, York. That's huge improvement in one week. Congratulations to them. Now, while we're on the subject of women's rugby league, and I forgot to mention this earlier, the Australian Women's Rugby League Championship was run and won in Burley, Queensland, this weekend. And apparently, it was a fantastic carnival of rugby league. There were six teams involved, I believe. The final was played between New South Wales Country and New South Wales City, and it was won quite easily in the end by New South Wales City. Mm-hmm. And the third and fourth playoff between, I think it was Queensland Country and Queensland City, uh, that was a 16-all draw. That's Ooh, quite interesting. Stuff. Yeah, quite interesting heading into the women's origin over the next couple of weeks, how that's going to play out. Because mm. obviously New South Wales won last last year in that famous origin at North Sydney Oval. Mm-hmm. And you'd think on the back of these results, they're going to be heavy favourites yeah. heading into this year's origin. And of course, we are looking forward to that that women's state of origin game mm. on the 21st of June, back at that lovely Oval of North You were there last year. Oh, I still, I still it, regret it was, not being there. It was, and will probably forever remain one of my rugby league highlights, being at that ground. It yep. was, I mean, there was a healthy crowd. I think about 13,000 people, mm. uh, which is pretty good. In It feels pretty good inside North Sydney Oval, yep. which is quite small. But it was just uh, like a joyous occasion yeah. I don't know it just felt really cool to be there I'm and really I, really lucky I went and I bet you if I go with you this time you'll be reminding me every five minutes that it's not as good as last year no of course not no. <laughs> yet to be there first time <laughs> second time not quite the same okay so that's our truncated French Canadian rugby league update so like we always do why don't we bring this home mm-hmm. with some prog moms some prog moms shall I kick things off yes please my prog mom centers around state of origin which is of course at least in Sydney, and even across Australia, is all the talk at the moment. Mm, it builds up quite a lot of publicity. And we've heard some of the New South Wales Blues Indigenous players come out saying they are not going to... They're going to remain silent during mm. the Australian National Anthem, which I think is a really great statement for them to make, and it's, they haven't done it in any kind of aggressive way. Yep. But what I'm more celebratory of, or sorry, just as celebratory of, is the way the game has reacted to that mm. in typical rugby league fashion of like... Oh, yeah, great. That's that's a fine thing to do. Like everybody has respected their mm. decision to do that, um, and nobody has nobody has labelled it political grandstanding or mm. anything like that. It's really just been uh, in the way the game does. It's been accepted. It's been noted, respected, and uh, and everybody's moved on. And I also want to add this. At least it seems to me that this movement in this particular instance was instigated at least publicly by Cody Walker mm. who we spoke about during the Indigenous Rounders again mm. when he was made captain of that team and said in the post-match press conference about he didn't sing the anthem and why he felt he, he it doesn't represent him yeah. again having the I guess the, 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 the inner strength to make those public statements mm. I think needs to be called out and respected more I really really like, he's got such an amazing story as well yeah. he didn't debut until he was about 26 or something yeah. like he just was slogging it out in the lower grades and now he's an absolute superstar about to make his origin debut and also gets to be involved in something that attracts as much publicity that he can put forward uh, an issue that is really personal to him and mm. his culture and I think it's just 
it's something that is oh, this rugby league is full of this kind of cool stuff mm. and this is just another example of that happening and again it's, it's just about the way everybody from the administration to coaches to players even like um, mainstream media commentators mm. have all just said yeah that's that's cool yeah. like that's fine and it's a really um, important stance to make if that's what your beliefs are and I just say congratulations to Cody Walker congratulations to the fellow indigenous players and congratulations to the game yeah Keep it up. It's really a no-fuss acceptance from the game, really. Mm. Of course, there have been, you know, those shock jocks out there sort of saying, oh, it's, they're going too far, yeah, don't blah, blah, don't blah. bring politics into sport and everything. But it's, it's a silent uh, protest, really. It's no-fuss. They're not going to sing the anthem, just like, you know, 70% of Origin players in the past have not done. <laughs> yeah. And when you bring it back to basics, like, why do we sing national anthems? We sing it because we think it's a song that is about us and what we're about. And if you don't think it represents you, you have an absolute right not to sing it. I mean, why would you? I mean, what's with the National Anthem Police thing anyway? I don't really get it. Maybe if the anthem had an indigenous verse, as in New Zealand, it would be a different story. In fact, I'm sure it would. Uh, As always, it comes back to feeling included. Mm. And many in the indigenous community feel anything but included. And that's the truth of how they feel. So people might not like it or feel uncomfortable about it, but that's the way it is. So. It's, it's really interesting with the Australian National Anthem because people say, you know, if you don't like it, Song of Our Nation, how could you um, how could you not sing it? But the original song, uh, the opening line, and this was pointed out by Roy Masters on Offsiders this week, mm. the original line was Australian men let us rejoice. So that's Australian already, sons. Australian sons, sorry. Yeah. So that's just already excluding half the population. Yeah, so the point being that there's no reason why the anthem can't be adjusted again. It's been adjusted in the past. So the line about we are young and free, saying we're a young nation, well, we're not. And that's quite disrespectful to people who've been there for 50,000 years. Yeah. The hundreds of nations who have been here for 50,000 years or more. Now, my reflection is actually related. Now, this week, the NRL pledged its support for the Uluru Statement from the Heart. Now, just quickly a reminder of why we started this podcast. Essentially, if you're in a conversation with a non-rugby league person and the topic of rugby league comes up the sport inevitably will be derided as a game for neanderthals bogans and the backward and what we wanted to do with this podcast among many other things was to highlight how progressive rugby league actually is and has been throughout its history particularly around inclusiveness of minorities and the marginalized in our society and of course it hasn't been perfect there have been a number of blind spots over the years like the off-season etc but it's punching above its weight and it always has. And look, after about 15 months of doing this pod, I feel like the mainstream media are starting to come around and realise that rugby league is actually a pretty progressive game when you think about it. And I'm not saying it's because of us, by the way, it's just <laughs> something I've noticed. Now, to me, an essential part of a cohesive society is the concept of belonging. No matter who you are, which group you're a part of, there is a place for you. And that, to me, is where rugby league excels. And there have been some great examples recently. The Physical Disability Rugby League, the Learning Disability Rugby League taking centre stage at Magic Weekend in the UK, the announcement of Pride Day at the Newtown Jets this coming weekend for our gay and lesbian brothers and sisters, along with the NRL statement on gay marriage at the 2017 Grand Final, as well as the history of accepting migrants when other sports wouldn't. And this week we have the NRL pledging its support for the Uluru Statement from the Heart, saying to our first Australians, you're a vital part of our game, we hear you, and we want to move forward with you. For our overseas listeners, just quickly, the Uluru Statement from the Heart is essentially our first Australian saying to their fellow Australians, hey, we've been hurting, but we want to move forward. 
and maybe it's time for us to make the decisions that affect our people. And what about recognising us in the Constitution? What do you think? I mean, we were here oh, 50,000 years before <laughs> you. What do you think? So, And look, I think it's no coincidence that the NRL has kicked so many prog goals in the time since Professor Megan Davis has been an ARL commissioner. Now, Megan is a formidable leader in her own right. We mentioned her last year. A cobble-cobble woman and constitutional law expert, she helped develop the statement. She presented it to the Australian people. And over the last couple of years, since it was, well, outrageously rejected and misrepresented by the Australian government, she has helped cultivate a groundswell of support for the statement in Australian society and Australian business as well. And it's working. It now has real momentum behind it. So look, basically this is a progmom reflection on how great it is that Rugby League has pledged its support for the Uluru Statement from the Heart. Once again, punching above its weight in the prog stakes. And also how lucky Rugby League is to have someone like Professor Megan Davis advising the game. Love it. Fantastic. Okay, well, I did have another quick progmom for the weekend. Lay it on me. Over the weekend, I went to Henson Park, Mm. the grand old girl, and I saw... This is really like a progressive rugby league sweet spot. I saw the great Newtown Jets, you know, the prog, the prog lovers' dream of rugby <laughs> league clubs, uh, playing New Zealand Warriors. So, so a prog team plus a twist of international rugby league mm-hmm. at Henson Park, sitting on the hill there in the sunshine. And not only that, it was a really exciting game. A 20-all draw, mm. a kick from the sideline in windy conditions, a field goal to win the game that just scraped the, the upright so close. And also, the prog mom moment of this was at the end of the game where one team, I think, tried to kick a field goal. Then I think the Warriors grabbed the ball and then tried to chuck it around to try to win the game. And then they lost the ball. And then Newtown started trying to chuck it around. So both teams were keeping it alive, losing it. And they was trying to win the game. But anyway, ended up in a draw. But it was very exciting stuff and exactly what we want to see. So it was another wonderful example of a great afternoon at Henson Park. Love it. And this weekend is Pride and Diversity Day at Henson Park, the 8th of June. So if you're around the place, get down there. It's going to be a wonderful, inclusive atmosphere. And once again, it'll be Rugby League showing off its prog chops. Excellent. Which we love it doing. So look, ladies and gents, unless I'm mistaken, that is all we have time for for this week. Thanks, as always, for joining us. And until next week, allow us to say... Well, you know what, Big Al, mm-hmm. before I finish up, mm-hmm. I feel like my sign-off, you know, see ya, yeah. it's so lame. It's lame. Look, I don't think it's lame. It's lame. It's okay. lame. So you looking for a new one? I'm, I'm thinking about a new one. All right. So, yeah. I'll see you. <laughs> how, how, about, how about, I'm Jono Duncan, I'll see you on the hill. I'm Jono Duncan, I'll see you on the hill. No, I don't want that. That's... What's yours again? In rugby league, we trust. I'm I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. (laughs) All right, I'm going to come up with a better sign-off. But until next week, when I have a better sign-off, it's see ya. (laughs) See ya, folks. In rugby league, we trust.